Welcome to the Rough Love Podcast, where we watch Mark Ruffalo's movies. We talk about him, his hulkiness, his hunkiness, and whatever other fuck-ass characters we meet along the way. In this classic 2004 rom-com, 13-year-old Jenna Rink wishes to be 30, flirty, and thriving. After her wish mysteriously comes true, Jenna adapts to adult life as a hotshot fashion magazine editor, but quickly learns that being on top isn't all it's made out to be. While living in her future, she reflects on her past as she pieces together the decisions she's made throughout her life that distanced her from her friends, family, and most importantly, her best friend Matt, played by Mark Ruffalo. Beautiful. What a beautiful summary. That was just tastefully done. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so excited to be doing this movie because this was because true... it's the best movie ever fucking made. It was also truly one of the most influential movies on me as a teenager, which is might be embarrassing. Yeah, no, I said, <laughs> I said yesterday to my roommate, nothing helped me to develop more emotionally and cognitively more than this movie. Not my education, not my parents. <laughs> it was this, it was this movie and so Little funny. Rascals. Um, okay, well, what about rewatching it as an adult? Um, how did you feel about that? It really held up. It held up so well. I guess kind of when I watch old movies, I, ex- I expect some like problematic stuff. This movie is clean from start to finish. Yes. It's beautiful. It brought back like so many memories of like being 13 or 14, like watching it for the first time at a sleepover and like that like giddy feeling that you get just yeah. while watching just like yeah. the scenes of Jennifer Garner just like going about doing 13 year old things was just like yeah oh, I just felt young I felt happy it brought me yeah. back to such a good point in my life even though it was an yeah. awkward point in all our lives right it's beautiful because I feel like I'm at a point in my life right now where I am an adult body but I do feel like I have somewhat returned to my childlike kind of interests and fascinations probably because the pandemic um <laughs> fucked me over so hard so like you know like I just feel like I've trying to I've been trying to be more childlike in my everyday life yeah and more passionate and more like optimistic and this is it's a beautiful movie to, to remind you about that and totally I watched this probably for the first time probably when I was like seven or eight and I watched it like twice a day for several months oh my gosh I was, that's my next question was how many times do you think you've seen it? Well, over mm, 25 times. Holy shit. Holy shit. I'm just estimating it could actually be like seven, but in my mind, when I was a child, I was like, I have watched this so many times. I was going to say, I was going to say half a dozen times. And I thought that was going to be like, I was going to have seen it the most out of all of us. And so now I'm like, whoa, you are the expert. I will bow down. I mean, but I haven't watched it since I was probably like 12. So wow. actually I, all yeah. of those, those years were, it was packed in. Um, it was, it was one of those movies, just like 50 first dates and stuff that I would watch over and over again and little mm-hmm. rascals and like all that. And th- it was just my, one of my faves. Yeah. So pretty cool. Oh, okay. Well, first watch it, Franco. I watched, Hey, what's going on everybody? Let um, me, let me introduce oh, our special guest. Bad. You're I'm fine. Here, Karen, in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, to get the male perspective yeah, on the- <laughs> which we didn't need, but I guess we'll get. We have uh, we have an awesome Bay Area stand up comedian uh, and improviser and just a very funny guy. But they couldn't make it. So I'm here. My name's Franco. <laughs> so we have Franco Tavini. Cue the applause. <laughs> Franco, thanks for being on Rough Love. Thank you for having me. This is a great outlet uh, to express my my love of all things Mark Ruffalo. I've been waiting <laughs> for this moment, so thank you for building it. And here I am. I've come. So, uh, Franco, what are your thoughts then on Mark Ruffalo as a whole? Boy, um, well, to, every time I think about him, I think of him as a, as whole, a whole. But I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, the various parts are going to matter more than others. But um, uh, <laughs> when I think of Mark Ruffalo, I think about this movie first. Really? This was my introduction to Mark Ruffalo. Wow. I feel like my... it was every single every single person of our generation's introduction to Mark, Mark Ruffalo as well. Wait, like, I'm sorry. What about Mirror Mirror 2? I'm just yeah, confused. Yeah, that. it's so crazy how not everybody <laughs> saw Apartment 12 yeah, first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like my, all my roommates were like, yeah, this was the first movie I ever saw with Mark Ruffalo in it. Yeah. Because we were all six. <laughs> I think I also clung to it um, and Mark Ruffalo's, you know, sculpted body in this film because, <laughs> I, because I, I really resonated with his character, the character of Matt being like this little little fat kid I really like I was that I was this little fat kid up until like the last year of high school and I was like I, I I feel you man I feel <laughs> you man and so this yeah. whole journey which let's be real this film is Mark Ruffalo's hero's journey all right? oh yeah because Jenna Rink sucks and several, <laughs> oh, damn. at several points she just sucks ass as a person so <laughs> this is his hero's journey and I I watch it for him even though he's only in it at five minutes at a time through every 15 to 20 minutes in the film <laughs> But yeah, so that's that was my introduction, and I I absolutely love Mark Ruffalo. I've loved everything that I've seen him in yeah. um, since. Uh, of course, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Of course, all the Avengers films. It just keeps it gets better and better. Yeah, you know? he um, ages like a fine wine. For real, he's he hotter now, and he actually mm-hmm. ages. Like I know people like their Paul Rudd and stuff like this, but this isn't Rudd love. Okay, this is rough <laughs> love, and and I will I will say this. Mark Ruffalo ages appropriately. I don't want to yeah. see someone look 20 forever, okay? I want to see yeah. someone change uh, and, and their, their body to get age appropriate and make me feel comfortable with my own, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Often, yeah. yeah, so. Okay. I, I agree. Well, Franco, I- not Red Love, but maybe a not, spinoff is no, coming it, up. It, we it, have it, discussed it. It has been discussed. Yeah. We may be in uh, we may be in production for that. <laughs> um, so Franco, being that you are the only person over the age of 30 in this room, I'd just like You're to over say 30? <laughs> well, I don't have to be in this fucking room. I'm leaving. Um, I am over 30. I just but, turned 33. I'm just, woo, just happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I just you. wanted to say, um, what is it like to be 30, flirty, and thriving? Man, I I will tell you what, I'm less flirty than I used to be, but I'm thriving more than I ever have. And, and let me tell you, uh, this movie does not do it justice. If I could, if I had a nickel for every uh, dance party I was a part of or every magazine that I've tanked with my selfish ambitions, oh boy, I'd have. <laughs> as much as many nickels as I have on me right now as many riches <laughs> as you could imagine all the world but um yeah no it's it is it is great I now watching it I will say this there because I watched it often even up to like six years ago with a in a previous relationship because somebody was obsessed with it and so I watched it all the time watched it fairly often and then I hadn't for six years and I watched it again 
boy, it hits different after you're 30. Oh, okay. you, when you're closer to 13 than you are 30 watching it, <laughs> it's a different film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, but it is so still funny. beautiful. A beautiful film. That's, I mean, this was Jeremy's first time watching this movie all the way through too. So it was like really fun to get to experience this through his eyes too. And I didn't know if this was, this obviously isn't your first time. I didn't know if it was though before tonight. So um, yeah, it was like so fun just to see that through his eyes. Like the first I time. I wish I some could of watch the it for the first time again. I love like, when I people wish, say that. I wish it. <laughs> I, w- I want to watch it for the first time again. I want to yeah. feel that. You know? It's a great experience. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do the quick info on the movie. Um, so it is rated PG-13. It was released April 23rd, 2004, directed by Gary Winnick, who also directed Bride Wars in 2009, which is Kate Hudson and and Hathaway. Hathaway yeah. yeah. And Letters to Juliet in 2010 with Amanda C. Fried and some dude some white dude i don't know who it is we don't remember which chris it is (laughs) (laughs) and then he actually (laughs) probably just pick one um and then the director actually passed away in 2011 at age 49 from a cancer battle which was seemed like it was really sad so um but what a swan song like what a what a i mean this is this is magnum opus so like obviously like he had films after that but like this is the this is it. Yeah, he also yeah. directed Charlotte's Web, so worth mentioning. Wow, the, the, the animated film. <laughs> no, the live action oh, the, 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 with Dakota like, Fanning. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the oh, one with Dakota nice. Fanning. Yeah. Oh my god, my nose is actually burning a little bit. I didn't think the news of a director I've never even like heard of before would make my would make me want to cry, but that's like wow, oh, Gary. It's, it's because you care about the work. It's because yes. the body of work holds up. Yeah. 13 yeah. all the way to 30. We will honor Gary throughout this podcast. Um, okay, ratings. So it got a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% on Google, which Google is always higher. I know that was exactly that my thought. That kind of blows my ass yeah. out. Like, I just don't <laughs> know. Ew. That, those numbers, my asshole has been ripped out from my oh, body. Man, just I totally eviscerated. I, I cannot believe. Ass Anal prolapse. I cannot believe. Oh, out, oh, <laughs> that no. Those numbers reflect this film. Yeah. Like, I've never met anybody who just likes this film. I Not know. That I know everybody, but everybody that's like reasonable and sound mind should like this movie it's so enjoyable and entertaining when i watched it immediately because of how fast it seemed to go because i was taking notes and for some reason putting timestamps down so it was like (laughs) every time i looked down i was like oh shit another 25 minutes has gone by it's like it is far and away the most digestible movie i have ever watched yeah and yet it is still so entertaining and it it also packs so much into like an hour and a half it's like the full journey yeah i know it's like the full journey of like we get her early life we get like her confusion being mm-hmm. becoming 30 and then like trying to figure shit out and then like having her little crisis and then like you know it's like the whole story is so well done in such a short amount of time which is like really really impressive thanks gary yeah yeah and like some of the other movies that we've watched it's like i have no idea what just happened a lot of five minutes of nothing and then we've completely jumped forward yeah and this it's just so smooth i cannot 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 65% Lord. Rotten Tomatoes. 
I'm going to actually say this. I think the glue, I mean, as if we already didn't know, the glue of this movie is Mark Ruffalo specifically because, again, he's there like every 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. He just jumps in. So even if the plot was getting a little, oh, it's getting frayed. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, we got some elements just getting a little tangled. No, he's right back in there. Yeah. The through line. Steady. The the relationship is the through line. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it, actually. He's steady. He's stable. He's he's just a good guy. And we'll get more into that. Just a good guy. Yes. Um, okay, so one thing I think that is worth talking about is the casting of the younger versus older versions of the characters. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So if we might dig into that a little bit, um, we'll start with Jennifer Garner and Krista Allen, who was very young at the time of filming. I have a quick little clip to hear. Oh, I love it when you pull clips. I like this. With Krista, she had never acted before, but there was a certain awkwardness uh, about her that was perfect for this role. She has that tall thing going on. Her arms are long, and that is exactly how I was at her age. Exactly, to a T. Just like there was more of me than I knew what to do with, but I was this big, you know? I think I kind of looked like Jennifer when she was younger. I saw a couple of pictures, but they were in black and white. So it was kind of hard to tell, but she said that I kind of looked like her when she was younger. That was so cute. I know. Why were all of the pictures of Jennifer Garner as a child in black and white? <laughs> I know, she was like <laughs> this old hags from yeah, the 40s. Like, oh yeah, I had to. <laughs> she was like clearly born in like the 80s or I like, right? A, I mean, a, a little piece of film around a light and I could kind of see what she looked like. Like what? Yeah, and the pic- <laughs> when the pictures were were taken, somebody had to go under a curtain and then a yeah, exactly. from the smoke yeah, came yeah, out yeah, of it. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. The person that... Filmed- recorded her you guys they're gonna feel poisoning you guys are gonna feel like shit because she was only 11 years old when she did this movie great depression oh sorry she was literally 11 oh you're talking about this actor so yeah i I, I thought you were talking about jennifer garner yeah no she's a widow yeah she was and i think they probably did that because she's one of those like greyhound of a children that's clearly growing faster than the body allows for which was me to be fair yeah no no hey I totally, I totally get it. I grew this this away. Um, was none of the limbs. Uh, but I think every single child actor, this might be what you're getting to. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I'm gonna interlude. Uh, I think every single child actor was perfectly cast. They were super believable as yeah. their as their like as the old counterparts. And even if there was those little it, like little things like that were off. I loved that they had some dialogue like, you got a nose job and I got a nose job and therefore <laughs> nobody can look at these child actors and be like, their nose wouldn't look like that after hormones, except that's how that works. So. Yeah. Which is so funny. I When I when you see Judy Greer's younger self um, in, in the movie, it's like, it's like crazy. It's like, oh my God, they had like the most high-tech CGI in 2004 to directly transplant every facial feature onto this kid. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy though, going back to Jennifer Garner, um, Krista Allen, first of all, she is now 30, which is insane. I saw, I saw. She's on, she's on TikTok and like has like done multiple of like the scenes like as the older Jenna and it's like very cute and heartwarming. But um, after they did this movie, Jennifer convinced the casting directors for one of her other movies, which is called Ghosts of Girlfriends Past that she's in with Matthew McConaughey. She 
convince them to cast Krista again as her younger self because she was like, she looks so much like me already. Like we don't have to do any casting, you know? And so she got a couple of roles like that, which is like younger Jennifer Garner, which is like, what a great gig, right? That's so <laughs> fucking cool. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome to, yeah, to be like, oh, I'm like stunt Jennifer Garner. No, I don't yeah. stunt, yeah. so I'm just like her child. So yeah. It's like yeah. a child version of this one actor for a certain amount of four or five years. Totally. Yeah, that's job security. <laughs> Does she look like Jennifer Garner today in any way? Kind of. She looks like she could be her daughter. White lady with brown hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It I feel like, yeah, she could be her daughter, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay. So Judy Greer, her lookalike was named Alexandra Kyle. Here's a little clip from them. The casting director showed me a picture of Judy Greer and said, you know, this is who we want you to play younger. And I was like, that that works. She's she we look a lot alike and I met her mom and her mom said that she's like, oh, it's like seeing my daughter again. And it was really cute. Gary and the producers all thought she looked so much like me, but I think she's so cute. And they were like, did you look just like her when you were her age? And I was like, no, I looked like a little boy (laughs) and she's gorgeous. Before I even started shooting, they showed us uh, some rough cuts of what they shot with the kids. So I saw her and I was like, oh God. And they were telling her to try to do stuff that I would do. And I was like, no, no, I have to do what she does because she was perfect. She hit it right on. Judy, I love Judy Greer. You know a rom-com is going to be so fucking good when Judy Greer is in it. Oh, 100%. Judy Greer goes super hard. I like that maybe like when she said like, yeah, and I met her mom and she said, it's like seeing my daughter again. And then you just come to find out that Judy Greer hasn't talked to her mother in 25 years. (laughs) Oh, it's just like my little baby's here. She wouldn't stop hugging me. (laughs) like I did not look like that like my mom <laughs> like my mom is probably projecting some sort of image on me she's like I, I looked totally different I think yeah I think that theirs was like almost better than Jennifer Garner's I don't know they're yeah. both so good but I feel like the like actor that plays young Tom Tom is like she goes so hard in that role that she really sets the tone for like how Lucy is mannerisms yes I know she fucking kills it well you know and Judy Greer like you want her to get her comeuppance so bad that that moment where she goes back you're like oh no adult Judy Greer will never get her comeuppance and then you're like oh child Judy Greer is gonna get her ass kicked yeah almost (laughs) even more rewarding she's played such a better role of being so much more unlikable than adult Judy Greer yeah like yeah it was yeah it's it's very very fun Okay, next is Mark Ruffalo and his younger version, which is named Sean Marquette. Quick, yeah. yeah. Quick clip. I, like I have a lot of feelings about this. Oh, me too. Sean, it's an interesting thing because I think Sean is actually probably a little too cool. So we put a fat suit on him and we had to actually, I always had to sort of say, okay, you're too cool. You got to sort of be more awkward. You know, he's like a little too smart for the people around him. And I thought that was a really good jumping off point for, for Matt. What the fuck? Yeah. What yeah, the- fat people can't be cool. What? They, that little boy, I'm also very surprised how convincingly fat this little kid was with a wait, a fat suit on what? His face is clearly fat. Like, I know. Like, what, what, like, they were just like, no, you have a His body was probably like, a, like too slim for what they wanted or something uh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Dang. And like maybe his head was just like huge, but it wasn't like fat. And like maybe I don't I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I don't that's know. I don't read him as fat 
So, yeah, me neither. I mean, like, yeah. that's just like how you look as a kid. Right, yeah. It's just like how a child, yeah, has yeah. just weight on them. And sometimes an adult. Yeah, yes. sometimes also. No, absolutely. No. But oh, I, <laughs> you know what? The thing that's like the thing that doesn't hold up for me, like you mentioned earlier, Josie, like so much holds up about the movie, but I feel like this is the one thing is like the fact that Matt isn't cool. And I feel like a big part of it as a kid isn't cool because he's like fat. He's seen as fat. Was his fatness um, mentioned specifically or was it more like a, we gleaned it? No, but I feel like we gleaned it, but I feel like also just from hearing this interview, they're like, yeah. in order to oh, make him not yeah. cool, we made him yeah. fat. And it's yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, 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 he's still just as cool, if not cooler now. He's like, listening to the talking cool. heads. No one else likes that. Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. And he was doing the same, almost the same <laughs> dance that Mark Ruffalo was doing in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like this man did a character study of Mark Ruffalo. Yes, he killed it. Yeah, but I feel like of um of the three, they have the least resemblance, pretty clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I think that's because nobody like, has ever looked like Mark Ruffalo before. No, 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 not before Mark Ruffalo, and and there will never be one after. But they, <laughs> but yeah, he has. He, it's it's definitely the personality. He nails it, and then like Mark Ruffalo is a much more, I would say, organically like like. I don't know, like affable character in other mm-hmm. movies. And in this movie, he's really kind of cold and he's been hurt a little bit and he's yeah. a little jaded. And that kid, that kid nails that slight edge of like, if somebody hurts me someday. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> yeah. Gonna, it's either I'm gonna, yeah. I'm either gonna become a photographer or this school's gonna pay. <laughs> so oh, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I you can really tell that the kid is like shooting will happen. That like later in life you can tell by Mark Ruffalo, like how how Matt lost some of his like joy and like happiness by being bullied and like by being like rejected by his best friend and how he's like so much more cautious in he's got a wife yes definitely did not but specifically for Jenna yeah and then he can do what he does best and act with his eyes and you can see the pain the pain come through where she's like the best friends and why aren't we like this anymore and every time he just pauses you feel you feel you feel those pauses yeah he acts with his with his neck and his eyes and his Adam's apple and he just kind of like leans back a little bit yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, better access. <laughs> Love you, baby. <laughs> um, okay, last little character comparison is um, the the hot guy um, from oh the God, younger so years, yeah. which is older version is Jim Gaffigan. Oh, younger version's name is Alex I Black. Oh, I did not confirm that it was Jim Gaffigan, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, of course they had to sneak him in Jim Gaffigan. Like it's such a small cameo, but like <laughs> they were like, we're not even going to try and make this kid look like him. It's just like, we need someone who is screams early 2000s comedy. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. it's inspired casting. I I as watching it again, being like, oh, that's right, it's Jim Gaffigan. This is amazing. And and like while I'm watching, I'm like, you know what? This is a good this is a good era for Jim Gaffigan. Even he looks like. I mean, he doesn't look like the young version of himself. Like yeah, Chris Grandy. But yeah, but it's the best Jim Gaffigan's ever looked on film. Yeah, you know, he looks like you know what? You could do worse. You could do worse than 2003. Whenever this was shot, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, know? but he's clearly not the same age as Jennifer Garner. Not even close. <laughs> He's so much fucking older. It's absurd. No, it, it's it, it gives like I treated my bod- body really badly in the twenties. That reads. That does track. That reads. Which yeah. like same. Yeah, hey, we're, we're all there. We love it. Do you know what me and my friends say instead of thirty flirty and thriving? What? 
20 funny and our poops are a little bit runny. Ooh. <laughs> we're just starting to age really badly. And well, at least our stomachs are. And like, we're like all of a sudden I can't eat a whole bag of Takis anymore without waking up in the middle of the night and throwing up. This is bullshit. I want a refund. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I give myself ulcers? Like, why why can't I just eat Takis to my heart's content? Why does it have to kick me in the ass? Yeah, it sucks when I eat like a fuck ton of pasta and then I'm like, oh, I feel so bloated. <laughs> you know, my 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 friends and I, we have a little saying, and this is just more condensed, uh, you know, uh, version of that, uh, crystallized version of that. And that's just, I don't know what age I am, but boy, I feel like Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel like Jim Gaffigan in 13 yeah. going on. 13. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, Chris Grandy. <laughs> all right so i think we should talk a little bit about mark ruffalo slash matt flanhan story arc i think we should talk about his story arc yeah and um, the main arc of the film yeah the most important (laughs) part of the movie yeah um okay do you think he should have like even given jenna the time of day no fuck no fuck no Based on what they say she became and how she continued to become that, like as a person that's not a 13-year-old arrestedly developed girl in a 30-year-old body, like as the actual 30-year-old she would eventually become. And even that shade that you see when she's like, yeah, you know, I, you don't need to ask for permission for everything. Like you can tell she's starting on a real dark road. So no, no, mm-hmm. I don't think he should. I, I think mm-hmm. you can judge people who didn't just magically become 30. I think you can, yeah. I think there's a pattern there. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would have engaged with her at all. So he's just the bigger person. We're all agreeing. He's a really good person. And he has some sort of like, maybe it's like an artsy fartsy type. He's got this hope a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know about, or he, he, maybe he's all, he believes in Jenna and he's always believed in Jenna, but he just had to distance himself from it. I don't know. I'm gonna Love add- is complicated. I'm going to add what everybody's wanting in this conversation. That's the male perspective. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think <laughs> it's just that his his love for her and his like crush that he had for her and how deeply it hurt him to not have that reciprocated was just, it never, it never cooled. It never cooled. Like mm-hmm. now here she comes mm-hmm. and she's in, in so many ways more successful and bigger and better than ever. And then like, I mean, I mean, even if she's a shit person, she's so much more now and like the fact that she's even paying him time of day and like treating him nicely like it's hard to not I don't blame him I don't think he I think that but I don't she came him. on so strongly as obviously not who she was supposed to be mm-hmm. that like she was so obviously confused <laughs> did you did you fall into a k-hole <laughs> like she, <laughs> like I think I don't know maybe it just caught him like really off guard yeah yeah I mean but like even that being said, like he's getting married in like a month or a matter of weeks or whatever. And like Wendy, say what you will about Wendy. He obviously loves her. And so like he's going to give up however many years him and Wendy have been together just to like see where this goes with Jenna. Maybe. I don't know. It's like, what do you what do you do? Oh, Wendy opinion was on super Wendy? nice. Uh, she was super nice. I Wendy was her. nice, but she has no personality. I feel well, like. yeah, they made her one dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> damn it they didn't want they didn't want us to love her or dislike her yeah she yeah she was very she was very very much like a stock character mm-hmm. um and boom 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 here comes again the male perspective here comes boom boom <laughs> um wreaking havoc uh, uh, 
Pete's definitely has cold feet. They're about yeah. to get married. She's forced the date on him. She's moved up his entire expectancy of like how his uh, immediate career is going to go up on him because they're not going to move. And they're gonna to Chicago, yeah. yeah. Which, it's- by the way, I was so confused about yeah. how she was like, she was like, she was like, yeah. And I got my wedding dress or whatever. And he's like, what? Like they hadn't discussed any of it before. Mm-hmm. Like the, the exact day, like he seemed yeah. completely caught off guard. Yeah, and it she- doesn't take two days to plan a wedding. Yeah, you're telling me. He's got cold feet. He's got cold feet. And at the same time, here comes the real love of his life. Yeah. The unrequited, the one that got away at the same time he has cold feet. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's just the way life lines up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have a little interview with Mark where he slash Gary Winnick talk a little bit about the like character development of Matt. Maybe the dope of this was just a clip from an interview you did with Mark Ruffalo just for this oh podcast. Oh my God. I did a little interview with Mark. I hope you guys don't mind. One of these days, Mark Ruffalo is going to see this, see, hear this podcast and he's going to fucking want to be on. All of us. So <laughs> he's going only, to call his He came up with this wonderful notion about sort of where his character, where the relationship should go. And so this last scene in the film, probably one of the things I'm really most proud of in the movie, and it really sort of brings a whole level of, of, of complexity and heart to this film that I kind of feel like Mark sort of had that instinctual thing even before he read the script. I guess that was more from Gary than it was from Mark, but... He um, was present. <laughs> he was in the videos. Yeah, he's being directed. Rip Gary. Oh, I know. Gary seems so oh, insightful. Know, yeah, yeah. He, he's got a kind soul. He's got, you know, you can see it and mm-hmm. hear it. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let us go into favorite scenes from the movie. I am so curious to hear what your guys's is. Does anyone want to go first? Oh my God, there's so many good ones. Um, one of my favorite ones is obviously the um, striptease um scene because imagine you have just you were 13 a few days ago now you are 30 and you've also never heard the song ice ice baby by vanilla ice before (laughs) and that's the first time you hear it and you have to always and forever associate it with that man who looks like prince charming from shrek 2 (laughs) he really does he has that jaw he does he has like a very like a unrealistically strong jaw yeah Yeah. he does I remember when I was younger thinking he was hot because he is blonde (laughs) and why is he blonde as an adult no one should be blonde as an adult but I remember thinking that and like (laughs) now being like what did I ever see and like he does a great job of just being that like airhead douche guy um but like just really hating my younger self for my choice in men Mm -hmm. that was that was tough for me but um okay that's a great scene do you have any other uh favorites um uh, Um, yeah thriller yeah I was about to say I'm really partial to the party scene yeah Um, it could be that Andy Serkis is trying way too hard to be (laughs) Rowan Atkinson for some fucking reason like he was like you know what I'm gonna be oh my god you're right it it strikes it so hard that I almost go like did they try to get Rowan Atkinson? And then they were like, just Andy Serkis, just get Andy Serkis now. Like, <laughs> this is the best we can do on short notice. 
he, Mr. Bean? The Mr. Bean himself. He had yes. that strong, his vibes in that whole movie were so Rowan Atkinson. Yes. Because Andy Serkis is never anything like that forevermore after that. He's either a, 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 a gold lusting goblin or a fucking like the head of like a, a mercenary group or some shit like that. Yeah. He's so cold and like hard and shit like that. So for him to be just like this flamboyant guy who makes funny eccentric faces, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is. This is what this is. He was so funny in it, though. Oh, big time. Yeah, he he brings all the levity of like all those other things. Like suddenly he just comes in there and you're like, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, (laughs) you guys jumped ahead. Uh, We'll come back to my favorite scenes, but Mm -hmm. we can talk about the thriller scene a little bit more um, because what a goldmine that is. Um, I like watching it again. The like my heart started pounding because I was like, "Oh, I'm so anxious." I'm so, <laughs> the thought of having to do this makes the me secondhand so embarrassment of yeah. dancing in public. And Jennifer doing it like she just looks so awkward out there, but like fucking kills it. Still, it's so funny. Oh my god, the young- she has the confidence of a kid who watched Glee and then wanted to perform <laughs> those Glee performances for their parents. <laughs> A hundred percent. The young version. I'm not of- speaking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The young version of Jenna has the moves down so well. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for Jennifer Garner. I'm like, I looked at it. And I was like, oh, she young Jenna crushes the thriller dance. Like so hard. Like anybody else after in that movie, if they'd seen that scene, like pre-recorded, they'd be like, well, I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. like Mark Ruffalo does a great job. Um, Everybody does a great job, but again, the the child actress uh, of of Jenna Rink does the best job. Yeah, Krista Allen is Krista Allen. Krista Allen. I um I have another quick little another quick little clip about the thriller scene because there's just a great story behind it. Nice. It's fun. I had one cassette tape <laughs> when I was 13. My mom bought it for my birthday, and it was Thriller. I mean, I think. Clearly, everyone in the world must have owned Thriller. Um, But getting to do that dance and getting to rehearse that and having all these dancers behind us backing us up, it was seriously one of the most fun days I've ever had at work. I was really nervous about it because I I just don't dance, really. And, you know, we we had the dance, um, we had to learn the dance and dance practice and, you know, training and, and, um, I had such a good time. I'm dying. He's so cute. I know. I'm dying because he obviously doesn't remember how incredibly he danced in Eternal Sunshine. He's like so (laughs) nervous about his dancing, but that was so much dorkier. It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do, baby. We've seen you in your tidy whities I'm wondering if Eternal Sunshine wasn't filmed after this movie because they both came out in 2004 and I'm wondering where the film schedules. Yes, they did. And so I'm wondering where the film schedules lined up for that. So maybe, ah. maybe, maybe that's the thing that opened the door for him to be comfortable with dancing. In that is so ones. interesting. Those yeah. Who knows? Um, so there was a rumor. And again, this is a rumor that he almost quit the movie because of the thriller scene. <laughs> um, and he was so scared of doing it, but Jennifer Garner, like, like really pumped him up and was like, you can do this. Like we'll do it, you know, together. So it's like, the fear on his face is like so genuine. And it's not because he's afraid of dancing. It's because he's really afraid of Vincent Price. He's like, no, no, I can't. Like, Come on, Mark. <laughs> he was yeah. so cute. You can see that hesitancy 
and I mean really throughout the film like he has this like longing and regret and hesitancy mm-hmm. and um it's just it's just beautiful to know that it's because he's scared of Danny. <laughs> so genuinely scared yeah I know it's so cute um okay I have to go back to my favorite scene now because um Please, yes. this was again a scene that just like was so influential on me as a child um I know exactly is, what you're gonna say when she's go getting ready for the party Word. in her closet and she's like going through the closet and like looking at all the clothes and the shoes and she holds up the thong and she's like what (laughs) I love that I love that scene it's just like so beautiful like all the clothes I was like oh my god that was when I realized I love fashion and like just like how fabulous she looked like her wardrobe throughout the whole movie was just like so beautiful the wardrobe Um, kicks ass the soundtrack kicks ass. The soundtrack kicks ass. Also, another scene that was super influential was the, like, photo shoot scenes when they're doing the photo shoots. Like, go, go, no, you go. Holy (laughs) holy shit. It's, it's great. It's how, how nice. What a great, like, montage. It's not a montage bit of exposition. Every bit of the technical elements of that photo shoot is so fucking Hollywood fake. <laughs> I don't film things. They literally let, like there's like a hundred people all working together and they let balloons off for what could have only been the one time they did it because they all float away in the air. And Mark Ruffalo's character walks up and fucking hits the camera twice. And it flashes like, can you imagine? They set shit up for hours, like a $10,000 shoot. And he's like, I only need two. No, Franco, he's that good, <laughs> yeah, okay? I'll take yeah. the second one just so every, it's a safety shot, really. Like, like six or seven shots that they show that of that one from different angles where there was no camera. And you're like, what the fuck was this? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so funny, I didn't even think of about that because what I'm seeing is them dancing at the winter one and like the fall one when the leaves are going behind her and she's like ah you know like holding her hair and stuff. I was like girl why are you standing directly in front of that giant fan for the cinematic effect you guys don't don't even get on this anymore because I'm gonna lose it I'm gonna lose my fucking mind you guys (laughs) um but I won't play this interview because I already played a bunch but um basically the costume designer for the movie was like throughout the movie she started to change the wardrobe for Jenna and for Lucy kind of as the like plot went on so that Jenna when she was starting to like figure out her love for Matt was like starting to wear pinks and like more like soft fabrics and Lucy was wearing like leather and like red and black to kind of make her look more like the devil and it's just like this this movie also was very close to when the devil wears Prada came out and these are like two movies that are just like such fashion icon movies iconic movies it's just like oh I love those details and I loved hearing that from the costume designer I was like oh that's so cool the way that they do that and like you pick up on it but they don't have to say it you know 100%. what was the um what were the taglines in Lucy's presentation it was like it was like fashion chic, suicide fashion, suicide, fashion suicide. <laughs> death by chicness or something like that like what was that we'll go one further it'll be fashion suicide uh, I don't remember overdose on something yeah, yeah. it was just like yeah it's like, really so funny edgy. though because of that time period like the the 2000 aughts 
fashion went both those directions it Mm -hmm. went to like it's gonna be like mid-century american values with like (laughs) letterman jackets and shit shit that would like be co-opted by like people like andre 3000 and shit where it was like yeah you can kind of be you know it was like abercrombie and then the other was the hot topic like end of like literally what would become suicide girls and so when you watch that presentation back to back you're like this is both of the directions fashion went after yeah totally totally. it was like how the simpsons predicted like all of those like random like political events like trump mm-hmm. elected they yeah. predicted that's because matt groening's a time traveler but let <laughs> no, us not go into that now <laughs> after the present after lucy's presentation played to jeremy i was like that isn't that off for where fashion went yeah, in exactly. the early 2000s with the ultra skinny like you have to be like this stick thin you have to be like wearing the most you know like in clothes i was like so it's not that off and like that was kind of interesting that it like She's doing it on a PowerPoint for one, you know. <laughs> Her presentation looked like when you go to your, and maybe this is actually just my own experience, but when you go to the hairdresser and there's all those hair catalogs <laughs> and you can choose what you want and they're all from like the late 90s. That's it, what that magazines were like in the early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. It was just a hair catalog sitting, sitting so in your funny. hairdresser's um, lobby or whatever. Oh my God. Oh. Uh, okay. Okay. So the next thing that I think is worth talking about is the ending of the movie. And I didn't even think about this until I saw this TikTok, but we have to watch this TikTok and then I want to get your opinions. Very excited. Okay, so I love this movie and I would never say anything bad about it, but am I the only one that gets confused about what really goes on here at the end? Because I can never tell if Jenna goes back to the 80s to her 13th birthday party, makes up with Maddie, grabs Maddie, brings him to the 2000s to their wedding day right then, or if she goes back to her 13th birthday party, makes up with Maddie, and they grow up together, then we're flashing forward to their wedding day 20-something years later. Like, I'm fine either way, I'm just happy they ended up together. And I guess I don't even need an answer. Except I think I do. I just assumed, I just assumed that we went back in time, she went back in time permanently and they yeah. grew up together. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I, know that was up for debate. Did we need to explain the magic I thought, surrealist elements of the film? That I guess, deeply? I guess I kind of thought it was the other way though. What? I mean, like, I don't know. It's like, why would they have, if she was so confident in him, why would they have waited 17 years to get married then? Because Why would they, they go back 13? to the 18th? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. <laughs> they can't like, legally or logically. Oh my God. Wait, let me explain myself. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I guess I'm jumping the gun. You're jumping the Sorry. gun. But like, what if they started dating when they were 13? They probably would have gotten married in their 20s. They wouldn't have waited until they were 30 to get married. So it just seems yeah. like that's a weird amount of time to be like, oh, we're going to date for it, 17 she- years. Did she also have to be like exactly 30? Like, you know, you kind of look the same from 25 to 30. But that's what the movie is, Josie. It's 30. It's not 25 to 30. It's 30. God damn it, Devin. I'm going to die on this hill. (laughs) Because because the device of her going back in time is never explained. I full on, even though I would have liked a better explanation, like the dollhouse hitting her on the head or something like she wakes up and she's like, she's like, yeah. oh, I was just knocked unconscious for like 20 minutes and I had a total fever yeah. dream. Like, yeah. Or it was like I, a Christmas Carol situation. Big time. You know, based on that alone, I, I would like to be like, you know, yeah, like, I, I mean, obviously like she goes back and then they live their life. But I will, I am with Dev in the sense that I think when they get married, they're just 30 and they're replacing the time in his life. Yeah. And that is 
really confusing. It I've is. never thought about that. Me neither. Like, Why don't you have kids? Why have you loved each other and clearly had for 17 years of like Narnia fucking time? Like, yeah. why, why did you not do more with your lives? Yeah. Like, the dream house is nice and shit, but like, there's, you're 30 now. Like, you didn't have to wait till you were we 30. We don't know that maybe they, maybe they spent their money on traveling and growing their careers. <laughs> and maybe he was a struggling you. photographer for a while. Maybe he was struggling for a while. Yeah, right. There's so many reasons that people don't get married until they're you're 30, right. Devin. No okay, friends, I I'm just so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I'm 25. You know, maybe I'll get married when I'm 30 now, just to spite you. <laughs> we'll wait five years. That's probably how long it'll take to save enough money. She honestly, the whole time she was like, "No, no, no, we have to be 30," and she can't. She doesn't tell him why. She, <laughs> yeah, she's like, fulfill this prophecy. Really that day when you completely changed your opinion on me after you came out of the closet, like, no, 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 it must be like this. She knows. I know. Okay. Well, I'm glad we talked about it, even though, you know, you guys kind of attacked me. I think it was worth talking about. I'm attacking that TikToker for even suggesting yeah. that, that it was like, that he had to think about the idea. I guess I'm attacking you too. Sorry. That's great. I'm with the TikToker. No, no, it stays in your head. God damn it. No. <laughs> Maybe we don't have to say everything that pops into our head. Well, the um, internet allows for that. So you know what? Yeah. You can't... I say that as if I don't say everything that pops <laughs> into my head just in real life yeah, remember when you were talking about the soft poop thing that was great, that was great. <laughs> um which time <laughs> or was it the time that i talked about my uh anal prolapse oh good yes um okay let's get into facts bunnies and interview moments unless you guys have anything else you want to bring up about the movie before we get there well let me pull out my graph paper with all of these hot <laughs> notes on there um, let me just run down them. Uh, I think we hit all of them. The child actors are really well cast. Uh, I fell in love with Mark Ruffalo because of this character. Oh, his apartment is so dope. So dope. It's so The dope. blue velvet poster, so sick. Big time. And is it like a wall of, I couldn't tell right away. Is it vinyls or books? I think it's photography wall? books. Oh, it's photography books. That's even better. Damn. Yeah. He's so into his craft. So good. So hot. Uh, uh, he's so hot and so miserable. Um, and then we got Andy Circus is doing a great Ronax. So we covered that soundtrack is banging. We covered that. Yep. Um, the camera work is terrible in that fake <laughs> scene. We covered that. Jim Gaffigan's inspired casting. And the one thing we didn't cover three, 34 minutes and four seconds. Boy, Times Square looks dope as fuck. Yeah. So, so I'm really glad. That's what she's in the limo. Yeah, she's in the limo. And again, she sees a Times Square. I went like three, four years ago. Penn took me. And my girlfriend took me and I, and she was like, oh, you're going to love it. And we showed up and Times Square does not look like anything you've ever seen yeah. from your childhood anymore. It, I mean, it does, yeah. there's, but it has none of that energy. It's kind of weird and standoffish. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of like transients, which is fine. But you see like, the weird, like off-brand Elmo. Yeah. It's just not, <laughs> none of it's and correct. He's filthy. He's filthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sewer rat. <laughs> It's actually just 20 sewer rats stacked on top of it's an elbow. Elbow. You know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, in Arrested Development when Tobias and uh, Sue Storm go and they're on like, they're in Hollywood dressed up as the like Fantastic Four, but like the <laughs> off-brand Fantastic Four. That's what Times Square is. It's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, no, that is exactly how to describe it. I was a little disappointed this last visit to, to Manhattan. Yeah. I wish I could go back to the 2001 Times Square. It just looks so I good. think I went to Times Square when I was uh, like 13 or 14. So that would have been, you know, like... 10 oh, yeah, 11 that's years ago that's pretty much so it was like probably right at the end of like when Times square was actually kind of fun and it was still pretty kitschy 
but it wasn't quite as dirty as it has become for sure. (laughs) So the kitchen kitchen's gone. Yeah, it's no longer campy. It's just dirt and Elmo. (laughs) (laughs) I've only been to Times Square once and I was 18. I was thoroughly unimpressed. And I left like five minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty touristy too. So Mm -hmm. um Josie, anything else you wanted to hit on before we got to funnies? Yeah, the only other um the only notes that I really made um it was just like it's just a treatise of how much I love it's like my manifesto of how much I love Mark <laughs> Ruffalo um and uh so in at the end of the movie um and I'm just actually seeing this just right now so I have to say it right now it's not got nothing to do with my previous comment that's okay. um he should have changed his last name to Rink when they re- when they refer to each other as Mr. and Mrs. like Flamahan. I was like no it'd be way better if he was Matt Rink anyways um, I agree. I agree. More men should change their really last names. Progressive. <laughs> um, and Frank uh, is a cooler last name. Yeah. So I also just wrote in big capital letters, the rom-com man. And then um, Beautiful. I wrote... These are great notes. God is real and she is an early 2000s rom-com. <laughs> like a, uh, a, a psychotic <laughs> episode? Or what is it? She oh, said no, it was her manifesto. It's my, it's my manifesto. Angel of Death, and then also yeah. <laughs> four minutes and 26 seconds in the movie. Yeah, I said Mark Ruffalo is to rom com as Serena Williams is to tennis. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. You're, said, you're clearly still a little upset about her retirement. Yeah. yeah. I said, um, there's no other man I believe or trust more. <laughs> I trust Mark Ruffalo with my life. He's the arbiter of my will and the godfather of my children. <laughs> Your children's named Mark and Matt. Uh, <laughs> and Rink. And Rink. And Rink. Yeah. Mark and Matt. Yeah. Those were beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing those. And I said, Oh, good. <laughs> and I also said, um, 13 going on 30 finally dethrones Mirror Mirror 2. Oh, my Whoa. God. Spoiler alert for the end. Wow. I, I know. Wow. Sorry. Wow, this is the best. I'm so happy. That's great. I've never seen Mirror Mirror 2, so Don't. I have a lot of research. Let me tell you, every you guest, absolutely watch it. every guest that we have on the show, they're like, I haven't seen it. And I'm like, yeah, you don't need to. Just skip it. And Josie says, watch it. So I'm really curious if you will or not. I, sure I think I you sure should lose some of the precious sleep um, that you don't get because you have a child. I think you should lose <laughs> it. Some of that to watch Mirror Mirror 2. I, I was, and, and kind of also to tie this into like, the fact that 13 going on 30 is like the greatest Disney Channel special movie slash Hallmark movie, even though it's neither of those yeah. things. It just has right. the, all those qualities. Uh-huh. Um, I did just also lose sleep to watch Hocus Pocus too. So I'll, I'll sit oh. down and watch the Mirror Mirror. I'll sit, I, okay. I don't even know yeah. if it is. It's kind of spooky. Though. Is it a little spooky? Ooh. No, it's um, hilarious. It's yeah, so you, get, you get pie whack at the cat and that's kind of pie fun. Pie whack it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll know what you're talking about eventually. Yeah. yeah, don't watch it. Um, okay, so um, I think this was nominated for a bunch of like Teen Choice Awards and stuff, which I don't think it won any. It's not really worth it mentioning. Have gotten, uh, it should have gotten an Emmy, a Grammy, and an Oscar and a Tony. Yeah, there was no way it could have gotten a Tony, it but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, for Thriller. For Thriller. Yeah, on Broadway. Yeah, Yeah. Andy Serkis's. Um, Okay, here's just some interesting things that I saw on IMDb and I thought would be fun to mention because you would never pick them up unless you saw them on IMDb. 
the poise article that Jenna is reading at 13 years old, which is titled 30 flirty and thriving features the apartment in which she later lives when she's 30. Whoa. No way. Talk cool. about an Perfect. Easter egg. Kind of cool. Okay. Next is Jenna turns 30 years old at 13 minutes into the movie. What? Another fun one. Wow. Um, and when Jenna thinks there's intru- an intruder in her apartment, she grabs an umbrella to defend herself. When her dad hears the banging from the basement caused by Jenna, he also grabs an umbrella for self-defense. You know yes. what? I that's feel good. like I kind of picked up on that. Like yeah. there was a little bit of like, a, there's a purpose to this, but you know, yeah. that's as far as I went. Yeah. Yeah. I did, those I are, did pick up on that one. That was the only those one. are just, those are just fun little things. They're not really important, but here's a fun little thing. I like actually that's they, really important. <laughs> like the parents are like, so like, Oh, our daughter's back home and she's not acting like a total like entitled piece of shit and all yeah. this great stuff. I love how like she snuggles up into bed and like has this great like mother daughter moment with her mom and like this dad could not be further along <laughs> the other side of the bed be like look I know you missed Christmas last year I'm trying to fucking sleep can you yeah. cuddle have adult cuddle time somewhere else I think it's it would have been realistic. weird yeah, it would have been weird realistic. if the dad yes. rolled over it because it would have been like awkward <laughs> she, she snuggles up in the middle of both of them and they like hug her together and you're like now it becomes awkward yeah, it's like yeah. adults don't sleep in their parents when it's bed. just the mom weird. it's fine um, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I definitely have not crawled into my mom's bed when I'm t- 24. <laughs> no, see, it's fine as long as you weren't like, you know, spooning your dad or anything. Yeah. Right? Or like if I could, like, no, I dad, don't. Like, woke up, no. I was like, what's up, dad? Like, well, that'd be fine. Sleep at me and she's like, the fuck out of my house. No, literally. I, and that's why I don't like, I don't hang out with my dad um a lot in general but like why does every single dad have a sleep apnea, apnea machine, machine? cuz mine does too yeah exercise choices i don't know Shit. yeah just life life stress or something genetic I don't know. Um, okay, Jeremy did the time once again for how long Mark Ruffalo was on screen in the movie. Oh, okay. I and hear this. it's MVP. always lower than I think it's going to be. So for this movie, it was 26 minutes and 44 seconds. He is no way. Five minute intervals every 15 to 20 minutes. I started watching because I, I remember when I suggested you were like, which movie do you want to watch? I was like 13 going on 30. And I was yeah. like, is Mark Ruffalo fucking in that at all? Like, <laughs> I was like thinking about it. And like his plot continues. Again, he keeps kind of jumping in at the right time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. his overall screen time is so thin. Yeah. And I knew that while watching it, I was like, damn it's been like 15 minutes and then he just slides right in he's like i was just walking down the street with yeah on say you know yeah he finds a way to weasel his way right into the plot again yeah like judy greer even though she's not like it's the billing is like jennifer garner mark ruffalo then judy greer she's definitely in it a lot more exactly. than him yeah which is interesting um Very. yeah thank you jeremy again for that he always does the time is, is that the lowest of all the ones you've watched so oh far? god no okay <laughs> no I want, no no because eternal sunshine's got to be up there right we it's watched we watched a movie that he was in for about 45 seconds mm-hmm. we didn't what know that it? it's called 54 it's about studio 54 <laughs> <laughs> yeah we thought he was going to be in it a lot more because he was in the preview. Nope. That's pretty sick. That you <laughs> yeah. did a whole film on it though. Like, if you we had, did like, it. one line. Yep. <laughs> That's like doing a Jim Gaffigan podcast and choosing this movie. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, exactly. Jim Gaffigan was in this movie more than Mark Ruffalo was in 54. <laughs> Absolutely. Mark Ruffalo didn't have any lines. He so had, had like, one, one line. line. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. Um, okay, I have a really special fun thing that we're going to do now. Josie isn't going to participate because she's on Zoom. Sorry about it. Mm-hmm. I have 
razzles. So good. I have Be never had a razzle before. I've, I, again, the same particular uh, uh, ex-associate of mine um, that got me into this film bought razzles specifically oh. so I could try them. And I don't remember what they taste like, but I know that first they're candy and then they're gum. Yes, I have a little history of razzles too. Here, I'll let you choose what mm. flavor you want. Um, but this is my first time experiencing a razzle. So I'm really excited for this. I'm sorry for like handling. Your I really them. hope it's good for you. I'm going to ASMR it. Because <laughs> they go in, in the film, they're like, what's your tongue? Oh, my tongue is razzle red. That's not a fucking color. One. Two, not all of these are red. There's no way I eat this blue one and it makes my tongue red, right? Mm, I shoot it immediately. Mm. Yes, I- <laughs> it hurts. Mm. There's a reason I have feelings. Oh, okay. It is becoming gummy. It's like a very chalky texture at first. And then it immediately starts to like break apart. And then it clumps is together it like a smarties gummy. is it like a it kind of like a smarty yeah. at first and then it becomes gummy can you imagine that's the marketing it has a chalky texture at first <laughs> but keep chewing because it breaks apart before it becomes an amorphous blob You're like, what? and then it becomes gum and then it's good for two seconds and then you have to spit it out mm-hmm. it's getting there already swallow. That is- um okay here's the history of razzles razzles are a candy that once chewed mixed to transform into chewing gum originally introduced in 1966 with the advertising slogan and jingle of first it's a candy then it's a gum little round razzles are so much fun <laughs> they were named after a fictional razzleberry which essentially was raspberry mm. the inventor of razzles is a chemist from pennsylvania named robert butcher who won the patent for razzles in 1963 the fact that he won this patent <laughs> is impressive uh, impressive in itself as he had successfully had to successfully argue the point of how this candy turns into gum, but how it is not just gum. Gum cannot be <laughs> patent as it is already a created entity. Um, so he had to not only design a product that turned from candy into gum, but also explain that it is a new product. Wow. That's, That's cool. really interesting, actually. I got more history, don't you worry. Oh, <laughs> I'm, not worried. I'm, not I'm ready. <laughs> In 1981, they were introduced. They introduced an ape-sized variety. It showed a cartoon ape with red eyes chewing down on a huge razzle. In 1981, they introduced double-thick razzles. The design was a cartoon drawing of the actual candy, which showed extra thickness of each piece, just more chalkiness. I was hoping that the ape from earlier was just going to be double-thick, and he's going to be like (laughs) just these pronounced hips, but still the red eyes, like very like sexually and also like frightening and confusing. Just like the green M and M. Yeah, so much like the oh, Casey Musgraves. Yeah. Um. Okay. Concord Confections was formed in 1986, and sometime after that date, acquired the Razzles brand. Additional fruit flavors were added to raspberry, such as orange, lemon, and grape. Most recently, a tropical fruit pack and a sour pack were added to the line. And then Tootsie Roll acquired Concord Confections in 2004. That makes sense. So uh, to your point, the Razzle Red thing in 2004 would be when they were, oh, I guess that was, never mind. Forget what I said. But <laughs> they were all red at one point, And oh, then they started wow. making other flavors. What's my, what color is my tongue? It's literally no color. Oh, <laughs> it's tongue red. It's <laughs> red. There aren't any red ones in here. What a jit. I oh, have some. One. There's, there's one. Those are, those are orange? This is red. That's, oh, there's two. two reds. We'll save those. That's the only one that has color just because like red 40 has to be used. In it. <laughs> like all the other ones are just like, yeah, there's yeah, color. It has already lost inside. its flavor. These are these. Do you two. think that 
razzles the their um sales went up after this movie absolutely big time big time i couldn't find any data i will I, here's my data for this even though i didn't watch this film in 2004 specifically um around that time at least in our town we had like all these like weird mid-century like ah the good old days kind of like businesses spring up we actually had a chain of candy shops pal sweet shops that opened up in windsor and went throughout the entire oh yeah county. i know pals it, yeah pals there's a, the whole thing people were really hot nostalgic for stuff like that so old-fashioned candies could be found at novelty stores pretty readily available mm-hmm. at around this time i had a strong feeling that razzle sales went like through the fucking room. well i got these at the candy shop that is no longer pals but is a different candy shop oh yeah correct cravens cravens um and they had a whole section on razzles oh yeah so hey wait and tootsie um this is a fact that i wish i didn't hold into my gray matter (laughs) well you the one you just said tootsie roll acquired it in 2004 yeah smart move it had to be like yeah right after or right before the movie came out somebody was doing insider trading (laughs) (laughs) with conquered confections and tootsie roll (laughs) yeah Probably. You guys are never going to hear from me again because Tootsie Roll is going to come after me. <laughs> they're they're going to hear the story. Tootsie. They're going to kill me. <laughs> they're going to kill me because I'm accusing them of I was going to say big chocolate, but Tootsie Rolls aren't even fucking chocolate. What are Tootsie yeah. Rolls? They, they don't. Rubber. They're, they're their own garbage. I love them. I love garbage. I love Tootsie Rolls. Do don't well. you dare slander okay, them. Okay, I respect well. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time for my favorite segment on the show. Ooh. Is this more of a hulkier roll or a hunkier roll? Oh hunky. It's hunky as they come. It's man. hunky, it's yeah. So hunky. Can I can I insert another um bit for us? Yeah, I love you, wait, you know actually our... wait. Can I wrap this bit up though first before you insert a new one? Oh yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, porcupine, please. This goes along along with the hulkier part of this is the amount of Marvel connections that are in this movie. So Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, Judy Greer, Andy Serkis, and Brie Larson, who appears in the movie, have all been, just wait, have all been in Marvel-based movies. So obviously we know Mark Ruffalo plays Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Incredible Hulk. Uh, Jennifer Garner played Elektra Natichos, Daredevil, and an Elektra. Terrible Elektra film. Not that Daredevil was like, a cinematic master which was stuff. prior to the mcu judy greer plays maggie lang in ant-man and ant-man of the wasp andy circus plays ulysses claw yep. in avengers and age of ultron and black panther, and black panther. brie black larson panther. who is one of the six chicks in this movie plays carol danvers aka captain marvel no way i didn't even recognize her that's so not Wait, me. you guys didn't know that I didn't oh, even bring that up as a fact because I figured you guys knew it. What? One of oh my God. Kids in the okay, the six Larson chicks, two of the six chicks, one is Brie Larson, the other one is Ashley Benson, who was in Pretty Little Liars. Okay. Josie, I figured you would know who that was. Oh, um, wait. Yeah. Oh, I do see. Wait. It's Brie, Brie Larson. Larson. On the, is she the blue one? I literally can't <laughs> see that. That's Ashley Benson, I think. Really? So, so I can, actually cannot even tell which one's which. Oh, I see Ashley. I, I can see Ashley Benson. Brie Larson. Okay, yeah, Brie Larson yeah. was the one that I guessed. Yeah, she is in blue. Oh, damn. Uh, there's no, I, like, wow. when I look at her, I also, no offense to Brie Larson, find Brie Larson to be like she was made in, like, a laboratory, and she has, like, perfect, <laughs> dim- like, she is, like, such stock dimensions of a person, good-looking person, and a great person, I'm sure, but every, I, there's no way I would have. to be, like, 
I don't know who that is. I, I would have looked at that and you could have been like, there's real money riding on this dude. I'd be like, I <laughs> fucking, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> like and you told me that was Judy Greer, like at 13. I'd be like, okay. Like, that's great. Yeah. That's hilarious. That yes. Funny. I thought you guys knew that. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, um, so anyways, many Marvel connections. Um, in that in that which that's I a was ton cool. that, i know that, that might be like up there with movies like like the most mult because like that the cinematic daredevil universe and stuff isn't even a part of like modern marvel it's like yeah. different stages of marvel mm. it's phenomenal yeah we'll have to Wait, bring franco so back for judy the marvel greer? how was judy greer connected to so her? she's in ant-man she's married or that's she's right. ant-man's ex-wife or ex-girlfriend or whatever the mother yeah. of his child everybody's favorite superhero ant-man's ex-wife don't <laughs> yeah. slander ant-man I in my it. presence i fucking I love, love ant-man i love ant-man dude he's gonna cool fat kang the conquerors coming up fast man. yeah Ooh, i don't know if he makes it that that's what i'm saying is seen. once we get back into once we get into the marvel franco we'll bring you back to because he's uh one of the biggest comic book nerds i know this guy right here so we'll have a lot of really good time to talk about the hulk with you i know oh. that will be good mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> big time, big time, big time. um okay Fra- uh franco josie what is your new segment that you want to do i'm so excited um, it's it's really not that creative Bring but like it. so the 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 first line that we say it's like oh and the other fuck ass characters that we we meet along the way yes. who's your favorite fuck ass character oh i know question. what franco's is gonna be was it is it gonna be andy circus or is it yeah. gonna be jim yeah it is andy circus it is yeah it's hard it's hard not to be i really wish it was jim gaffigan close second would be jim gaffigan <laughs> the way of yeah. fuck ass characters especially because he's just so brief it's yeah it's beautiful I think mine is the hockey player boyfriend. He's pretty fuck ass. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, <laughs> but I kind of love him. Yeah. <laughs> my childhood, my thirteen-year-old Dev loves him. So you know, mm-hmm. I gotta gotta give him that. Josie, what about you? Um, I'm gonna have to probably say the um, the secretary. Um, <laughs> I really like her. She's got Irene. She's got great energy. She's got great she energy. Does. Help me out. That of a shaking chihuahua. What else has she been in? She's been in several things. So many things. Josie, like, look it up. Help me I'm out. Looking. Help, give me one. Give me one connection. I like I see her and I'm like, oh, you've been in so many yeah. films. I shame on yeah. me. Shame on me. Tell us her name too, because yeah. I actually don't know her name. Let's give her the credit. Her she name deserves. is Arlene. Oh, Arlene. I thought it was Irene. I was close. Arlene, 13 going on 30. So is it what is Marcia Debonis? Marcia Debonis. Marsha, love it. Marsha Debonis. Let's see what she's been in. Oh, she's all. She was also in 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 Bride Wars and Letters to Juliet. He, wow. Like okay, so this, Gary. Yeah, Gary. Gary loves Marsha Debonis in Don't the same all? way that Adam Sandler will always cast Rob Schneider and <laughs> David Spade. <laughs> okay, what else was she in? She. I feel like she's had Herbier some TV enthusiasm, Homeland, yeah. Truman Show, Truman High Show. Maintenance, Sneaky Show. Peak, The Deuce, Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. yep. The Big C, Blacklist, nice. Rubicon, Law and Order, Devil's Advocate, Uncut well, Gems. To be fair, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Speaking of which, everyone's been in Law and Order. I'm pretty sure it's, everyone yeah, every in one of them. Their start. It's a deep <laughs> roster. Yeah. Um. Well, that, I love that segment, and it, it brings us right into favorite and least favorite character, which mm-hmm. is different than fuck ass character. Absolutely, because Absolutely. that's just like an insignificant character. Yeah. Um. 
Franco, favorite and least favorite character. Boy, well, I, no shocker here, guys. It's Mark Ruffalo. It's <laughs> as far and away. I'll even go one further because even though it's not Mark Ruffalo, the character arc is all tied in. I like, I like uh, little Matt. He holds yeah. a special place in my heart. I, I love see it. myself in him. He gives though. Jack Black from School of Rock energy. And I Big just always time. appreciate that. Big time. Yeah, like, let's give it another shout out. His name is Sean Marquette. Sean Marquette. Does he do anything these days that we need to follow? Sean Marquette? Josie? I'm looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, least so. favorite character. Oh, least favorite character in the entire film. Like least favorite character, I loathe the character. Whatever you want to interpret it's that Tom, as. Tom, I mean, no, yeah. I, I absolutely love how in, insidious she is. Like right away, you're like, oh, maybe she's turned a new leaf. Maybe that each of and and if you think about it, each of them did go separate ways. Yeah. Tom Tom wasn't just an angry, spiteful, vindictive piece of shit. She actually was her friend. And then when she realized she was doing like you know unethical bullshit within their actual magazine, she went for hers. And you can't hate you know, a bad bitch for holding it down. Come on. That's, that's just all she was doing. She was cold, but she was just- It's a so, dog eat dog world. Do you hate young Tom Tom or young, I mean, young or old Tom Tom, or is it just all of Tom Tom? Boy, I I, I have to say I hate young Tom Tom more mm-hmm. just because throughout the entire thing, she's just a t- total little shit. Mm-hmm. And at the end, when she gets her comeuppance, it's oh, mm, yeah. chef's kiss. So good. <laughs> okay. What's the status of on Sean Marquette? Sean Marquette has been in Monk, Bones, NCIS, Ghost Whisperer, hell yeah. Still Law standing, and order, law which, and order, law and order, yeah. come on. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> NYPD Blue. Oh, he was in NCIS, which I'm going to say is close enough. It's a very, very, yeah. very much close enough. Um, he was also, he was in Still Standing, which is interesting because one, the, the redhead 13-year-old who was in the elevator of I love that girl. Complex. Yes. She's in Still Standing. Yes. And that was one of my favorite it. sitcoms for some reason. She's been in so childhood. many things. She is an 100%. excellent actor. She's so yeah. funny and yeah. she's just like she has such good facial expressions too. And Absolutely. like she got so much work as a teen. <laughs> Big time, yeah. yeah. It was like weird because I was like, what if I seen her? Oh, like everything of that. So time. many everything things. Everything in the ops, yeah. 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 Um, he okay. has uh, he has voice, lots of voice. Um, oh, things uh, he did foster's home for imaginary friends who was he on foster's home i need to know this just me, Only um, me. nobody listening the voice of mac oh that is what is up that's a huge that's the main character uh, next to the, yeah next for to the avatar yeah, the last good. airbender oh, oh Stuart Tom. little johnny bravo and wow. he voiced peter what? parker um and spider-man in ultimate spider-man the video game Dude, I've played that video game. This is a- Of course this you man have. And like- now, and now he- So another tie to the Marvel Universe. Oh, Big shit. time. Nice. Oh, yeah, that nice is. That's crazy. Nice and he's also in the Goldbergs, another show I love. Wait, nice. wait, wait. Um, What is this game? Is it what, what's the system it's on? Uh, oh, this particular game, if it's Ultimate Spider-Man, it's like uh, GameCube PS2. Nice. Era. Cool. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Love game. it. And, oh, yeah. There That's is. awesome. I love that. Yes. Um, okay. My least favorite character was Wendy. No personality, no story. <laughs> she's just kind of bland. It's not her fault. <laughs> she's not her fault. She's hot. You know what? She's hot. Um, yeah. and here's what I'm going to say. Controversial. My favorite character is older Lucy because I think Judy Greer is the best actor in this movie. She is the funniest in my opinion. She has the best lines. She's the funniest. I think she does that role so well, that like bitchy friend role. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's you like, she's perfect in that role. And like, like, yeah, she's a terrible person. So is Jenna, but um, I don't know. Something about it was just like, oh, like she's so, 
She's just like, oh, I like, I love her. I hate her and I love her. The, the mm-hmm. entire yeah. magic realism of this film, like it, it hinges on her ability right away to not be like, you're fucking crazy. And like yeah. she has to, so she's like, oh, you're hungover again. And the way she delivers every line yeah. is so authentic yes. and so genuine that I'm like, oh, well, this makes it totally acceptable that she's just become 30 years old. Like she carries that whole totally. plot device totally. through. Yeah. Yeah. Totally I totally. think she really holds the movie down. Um, Oh my okay. god! I forgot about the, the 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 scene where she goes and hits on that thirteen oh year old boy. Oh my god! I had the most uncomfortable scene. I, I told no, Jeremy. I was like, I, I told Jeremy. I was like, this is the cringiest part of the it's movie. So, so I forgot that that's the one part of the movie that's really problematic and doesn't sit, doesn't. <laughs> After that point, oh, Jeremy goes, "Do you think they would have been able to make this movie now?" No. no. <laughs> I was that like, no. There's a lot of parts they Absolutely probably couldn't. Not hundred percent make but that yeah. that bit i went damn 2004 i was like oh that feels like it was just yesterday but you're getting away with 1980s like jokes yeah. these days 2004 yeah. yeah it was yeah i i absolutely was on my phone watching it and i'm like there's no one else in this room i don't i don't know anybody's shit i don't know what to cringe yeah. at 12 30 at night that is yeah so it really funny. really hurt it really hurt. yeah it's oh, brutal okay josie favorite least favorite um favorite character um i think i i mean i just i think maddie like he's just a good guy he just wants the best for for everybody and Mm -hmm. he made he made the right call in in future time in the future timeline one he made the right call and he married wendy and he's like you can't turn back time and he was really brave and strong for that absolutely and very logical and least favorite character um least favorite character hockey guy he makes me really uncomfortable in so many ways <laughs> he's so dumb he's not even yeah. a himbo because he's not that hot oh, he's kind of oh man oh you're ruining uh, young deaths you're, you're ruining my 13 year old wet dream yeah, okay on, i man. also thought he was hot then so, but i don't now awakening. my type has shifted yeah, yeah has same shifted. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know what he reminds me he, he is like what all of like the kids like God, um, I'm gonna like space on the kid's name. Who's the one like from that did the voice of Simba in The Lion King? Uh, oh, oh, I don't know. Oh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Jonathan, he's like what they should have grown up to be. But then when you look at pictures of them now, none of them look like that. <laughs> like he's what you would have. Th- so like, if you guys were like, yeah, like back then, you were like, yeah, he is cute. Makes total sense. Yeah, makes total. sense. He was cute it's for nice. the time. He was cute in the same way that Chad Michael Murray was cute. <laughs> he was cute in the same way that fucking. Uh, Simba the cartoon (laughs) lion okay (laughs) but let's not talk about sexual attraction to cartoons that's a whole nother conversation that we need to have later (laughs) I can't have that now um okay so let's rate the movie um Franco we like to let our guests choose what we rate the movie out of it can be anything oh oh nice I would like to rate it um uh, uh, out of <laughs> how many Jim Gaffigans? <laughs> only five, out of five, please. We out of five Jim One out of five Jim Gaffigans. Okay. No half Gaffigan, there's enough of him. I'm going to go split. five out of five Jim Gaff. I would, uh, I'm, I'm also going to say, I'm also going to say five out of five. Five out of five Jims. Jims, modern Jims too. That's bigger Jims <laughs> than, than 2004 Jims. So yeah. Oh yeah. It's just, it, it's a great movie. I enjoyed it. I laughed. I cried like yeah i i forgot how much i'd watched it back then because i remembered all the beats but then watching it and i was like man it's still so fresh and then i just had that realization this is the most digestible feel-good movie yeah like that besides that one part 
Yes. Except that one part yes. that makes you that is the the, the worst feeling ever yes. to watch. You just that makes you want to just yeah <laughs> end it, just end Absolutely. it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it, that was that was hard. Aside from that, though, every beat again is so like easy to absorb and it makes sense and it's logical and it doesn't feel forced somehow yeah. even though the entire premise is completely forced somehow it doesn't feel so you know forced it's it's beautiful yeah i bought sparkles like those little glitter things when i was like a kid like i don't remember exactly how but i wanted to i wanted to make a wish i like also like oh okay what's yeah. your rating I said, oh five jim gaffigan's we all gave it five, out of, gave it five wow. out of five. Wow, that's beautiful. And I'm telling you, it finally dethroned Mirror Mirror too. So yeah, I was everything down. So here we go is the ranking part of all okay. the movies nice. we watched oh, so man. far. This has got to be up there now. This is this. This is this. This is. This Did is it just us. it it assume the throne? Here, here. Um, yes, my it, personal list. It did for me as well. Um, so our lists here, Franco, I'm pulling them up on the screen for you to look at. Brilliant. Uh, we got for me, 13 Way on 30 is now the top movie. Um, after that, we got Eternal Sunshine, You Can Count on Me, View from the Top, 54, Apartment 12, and Mirror Mirror 2. Wait, hold and... on. 54 made it above the last two movies. Um, yes, that tells you how bad those other two movies <laughs> are. So no, Studio 54, I'm pretty sure, is like second to last, if not here's, last. Here's Josie's. Josie, yours is now 13 going on 30, which is, for, I'm so happy. First, second is Mirror Mirror 2. Third is Eternal Sunshine. Fourth is You From the Top. Fifth, You Can Count on Me. Sixth, uh, 54. And seventh, Apartment 12. Yeah. Brilliant. My taste is just uh, generally based off of um, how funny um, I think something is to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Not the merit of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's enjoyable. Yeah, we it, get that. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's artistic integrity. <laughs> That's how my rough does this. Oh, man. Franco, thank you so much for being here with uh, us. Thank you for having me. This was terribly fun. I, I, I love Mark Ruffalo more leaving this than I ever thought I could, uh, you know, coming in. Um, I also have a newfound appreciation from revisiting 13 going on 30 after the first time in what must be six years. And I'm going to watch it every year now at least once. That's great. Yeah, That's man. a good tradition. Um, we'd love to ask if you have any plugs or anything you want to highlight for yourself for our six listeners. Uh, not no plugs yet, but I am thinning in the front in the back. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just fatherhood. Um, I do, yeah. I'm uh, going to be a part of the very amazing Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, San Francisco's one of their biggest mainstay uh, comedy festivals. It's the seventh annual. I've been a part of the last several. I feel since the fifth, and so I'm very excited to do that. Um, I am on the dates on October. Ninth, you can catch me at Atlas Cafe at about two o'clock and then other various ones throughout that night. And then there's going to be a real hoot nanny. It's a block party on October 16th with, I think it's something like 99 plus comics. Whoa. I hope to God not wow. all of them show up because that is <laughs> insane. We will all get one minute of stage time, but I'll be there and I'll be performing and it's just going to be a blast. There's going to be all sorts of workshops and things for people who are new to comedy and, you know, are just interested in seeing a show. You can go on right now on Do the Bay. Um, uh, which is like the premier San Francisco 
you know, comedy, um, uh, you know, website for events, but for comedians, it's, it's a big deal to find shows and you can actually sign up for a contest right now and win yourself free tickets to the majority of wow. the shows during this festival of which there are many, many shows um, uh, all Ooh. throughout the Bay well, Area. Well, so come see some comedy, yeah. come check it out. Um, I can break away for one day at a time on a weekend when I don't have my <laughs> child with me to come do comedy. So come see it. Yeah, we'll definitely share. stage with you? Yeah. Oh man, I, it's, it's getting close. It's getting close. I've done Zoom comedy with her yes. like, in my lap and she absolutely she's, steals the show. She's really funny. She's very funny. She has um, a very, very strong. She almost ripped timing. a necklace off my neck once. That was so funny. So funny. She's got so great funny. comedic timing. Yeah. yeah just, I was like, ah, ah. So <laughs> but then everyone loved it. It killed. Yeah. Um, we'll be <laughs> sure to share. Comedy. <laughs> we'll be sure to share those links out, Franco. And um, we look forward to having you back on again for a Marvel episode. If you're feeling up to it. Big time. Oh my and, God. Um, Josie, any closing thoughts? You look tired. I'm tired. <laughs> oh, well, we'll wrap up this so much sweet fun. episode. I had so much fun, Franco. Thank you so much. And Devin, thank you so much. Okay, well, keep it rough, everyone. And uh, we'll keep see you next rough. time.